Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. All right, welcome back. We have F. Scott in the room, and I am so grateful to have you back on the show today to discuss struggles with thinking out of the box and mentorship for rehab professionals. And for those of you that don't know F. Scott Fail, I want to tell you, he's just an inspiration to me. He's the reason that I'm sitting here today. He's one of the PTs that kicked me out of my comfort zone to tell me to get out there and educate people, even though I was a PTA, because I had a huge, huge self-limiting belief that I was not as good as a PT. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for coming back. And let's kind of dig in really fast to thinking out of the box for rehab professionals. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I think a lot of people struggle with that imposter syndrome that you kind of talked about there. Right. But at the end of the day, first off, anybody can be a business owner, right? doesn't matter what your business is or what you do, you know, businesses for the most part are more alike than they are different. Right. So who's running the business doesn't really matter. Right. So the fact that you chose to, you know, create a business and start your own practice essentially as a PTA brilliant. It can work. And again, you just have to stay within the boundaries of whatever the playing field and the rules are, right? And as long as you do that, your business can run. And as long as you understand that and operate that, you know, it doesn't matter what your title is. I know a guy down in Florida who's not even a PT and he owns a PT clinic, but he has PTs as the managers and people working for him that are PTs that know how to run the business and he just lets them run it. He collects a profit at the end of every month and, you know, boom, he's done. So, you know, business ownership is not you know, rocket science. It's, you know, it takes a little bit of guts. You got to put yourself out there a little bit and go for it. But, you know, I think if you realize that just about anybody can run a business and it doesn't even have to be clinical, right? We'll talk a little bit about, you know, online businesses and and those outside the box businesses, but like, you know, it's just such most of the issues, the barriers, the, the, you know, limitations are self-imposed. You know, we have such bad self-limiting beliefs on things that like, that's why we have to start thinking outside the box and start thinking outside of that. Just, you know, Oh, I go to work every day. I clock in, I clock out. Right. That's my job. Like, okay, that's great. That, you know, it's a good start probably pays the bills and that's fine. You know, but to really get ahead, especially now in, in the field of medicine, right. You really almost have to be a business owner. And, you know, let's just say that, whatever business you want to start, you just start it a little bit like as a side hustle. Right. And that's what I've done. And that's what I'll probably always do. Right. Because my wife's a type one diabetic. And so we need medical benefits. Right. And not just any medical benefits. We need good medical benefits. So the last five years have been me kind of fishing around for the perfect job that offers me the most bang for my buck in medical benefits, but the least amount of time and responsibility spent performing the job so that I can work on my side hustles and side gigs because they're passion projects for me, right? I love those. I would do those for free if I could, you know, all day, every day. Those are, you know, that's what fulfills me. So, 
you know, I love helping people out. I love helping people with their businesses and, you know, thinking outside the box and coming up with different things. But like, look, the first ever online courses that I created, one of them was a fantasy football injury review course. And the other one was an esports injury prevention ebook, right? So I wrote a book on how to prevent injuries for gamers. And that's brilliant. Yeah, we know how to do that, right? As healthcare practitioners, we know how to do that. And at the time I was working at a workman's comp company. And so I was seeing a lot of like typing and repetitive motion injury stuff, you know, and I was like, huh, wrist, elbow, shoulder, neck. These are all the same things that a video esports gamer would do, right? They would, they would feel the same pains and aches and problems. I said, why don't I just take the same rehab stuff I'm doing here and put it into esports, right? So I wrote a quick book on, on how to prevent those injuries, right? Then I had kind of an upsell to where like, hey, if you want to get better at esports and gaming, here's some strengthening exercises you can do and some hand-eye coordination stuff. And so, you know, it's just a six-week training program to kind of get better at grip strength and, you know, dexterity and hand strength and hand-eye coordination. And then if that still doesn't work and you're having issues, I had an upsell then to, you know, you can get on a wellness call with me and we can talk about a personal program for you that may benefit yourself. So almost like a telehealth visit without the PT involved. And which is brilliant because you know what? Everything doesn't have to be PT. Even though you went to PT school and you earned that degree, knowing that, you know, the musculoskeletal system. And I think that's a big barrier for people. We're taught that fear is what we're supposed to hold on to and we can't think outside of the box. So I think what you did was brilliant in the fact that you're helping people on a wellness side and bringing in extra income. And who says that when we go to school and have all of this school debt that we have to work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., four days a week, and not have good work-life balance. Yeah, I mean, again, there's a couple things there to touch on, right? One, entrepreneurs will generally work 80 hours a week, so they don't have to work 40 for someone else, right? It's, uh, It's funny like that, but... Again, being able to do it the way you want to do it and on your own terms, there's something to say for that too. So like, do you always have to work 80 hours a week? No. When you're first starting out, yeah, there might be a couple of weeks like that, right? But eventually as you learn more, as you bring more people on, you hire on, you scale, you you get to let go of the reins a little and start stepping outside the box so that you can work on the business instead of in it, mm-hmm. right? And then it gets a little easier and a little easier and eventually it all pays off. Early on, when you're bootstrapping, you're just getting started, it is a little bit tough. Well, that build but- and scale part gets a little tough too because then you're stepping away and now you have to make enough income to support you and other staff members. So I right. think that's a tricky side of that that people don't understand in the beginning too. Right. And and it's the same with a like a brick and mortar versus an online business, right? People think, oh, I'll just start an online business. Super easy, right? I'll just create a course and that'll be it. I'll be rich. Well, right. it doesn't work exactly that way either. You've got to do a lot of the front end work and the heavy lifting up front to then eventually get the course selling to where it needs to be, to where you know you're making a steady enough income where it's not passive. I'm not a you know fan of the word passive income. I think it's it's more uh you know, front loaded work income, we'll call it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it can be done, right? And we're the only ones that have to give ourselves permission to do these things. You know, mm-hmm. I think like if you want to be the cheerleader guru and only treat cheerleaders and that's your specialty and you coach them and you love working with that population, go out and be the cheerleader doc, you know, be the person that just works with cheerleaders, right? 
if you want to, you know, be the quarterback doc. There were a pair of brothers that worked at a skilled nursing facility for a couple of years while they were building up their business to just treat quarterbacks, right? So every quarterback in the nation from high school to college and, and beyond was going to these guys for rehab questions and for training programs and, you know, listening to the podcast and, you know, purchasing stuff from their website and different uh, training modules. And, you know, these was a great idea, you know, that's the only population they worked with, but they worked full-time at a sniff to pay the bills while they were building their business on the side. So again, I think it just takes a little innovation and creativeness to think outside the box and think, okay, what can I do that is a problem that needs to be addressed? What can I do that's going to solve some population's problem, right? And if you can do that, you know, I think that really becomes a business pretty quickly. And I think um, you can't forget that passion. So now instead of having to do that daily grind of seeing four to eight people an hour, you can decide how long you're going to see these people. And your price just depends on the value that you're going to be able to give that person. Yeah, that's huge, right? The passion Mm -hmm. has to be there because again, when things get tough or boring, right? If you're not passionate about it, you're going to bail on it. You know, you're not going to do it. So you have to be passionate about it. But then also the bigger and better the business gets, like you said, you can then treat people the way you want, you know, how you want, when you want, at what price point you want. You know, there's a portion in the Physical Therapy Practice Act that says that we as therapists need to be treating people at a pro bono rate on occasion and doing our share of volunteerism. You know, that's like in our practice act. So in order to do that and treat people for free, we have to make enough money in the business to then say, I can do whatever I want when I want. I'll, I'll treat the, you know, one person for free a day, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And you I know, think thinking outside to- the box for that, right. That's a good nugget just to where you just hit that nail on the head is, you know, value and price point, you know, just because we have co-pays and things like that on the insurance-based side doesn't mean we give everything away for free. There is a cost and a value that you give to a customer and they don't come to you thinking you're going to give everything to them for free. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's a huge yeah. point, you mm-hmm. know, and, and again, there's a population out there that will pay what your value is, whatever you feel that you're worth and that's your value. There is a population that will pay. It's just a matter of finding them and marketing to them and and educating them so they can make a better, more well-informed decision as to why they need to come see you because you are the answer. Then you can decide how much a year you can give to people that can't afford it. And so you can treat both sides of that, but you can't do that if you're constantly fearful of asking for money for what you provide. Yeah. And and we as therapists are, are very, you know, we're not good at that. We're not good at asking for money because we would do it for free if you let us. I mean, we just love helping people, you know, for the most part, I think therapists are very altruistic. I think, you know, we're, we love helping and giving back and just getting people better, you know, but at the same time, you got to pay your bills, you got to provide for your family. So, you know, you have to put that business owner hat on as opposed to the, you know, the clinician hat all the time. And there's um, a transition from there. When you go into business, your mindset isn't own business the day you open your doors. There is a transition. So I recommend really, you know, picking up some books and learning some leadership and business and entrepreneurial skills so that you can start that shift because that's about a three-year shift for a business owner. Or this is a perfect transition. Thank you for setting me up. (laughs) Find a mentor, right? 
a mentor. Because so here's the thing. I just became certified in life coaching, right? BLC coaching. So business life and career coach. I didn't do that because I'm going to get rich starting a life coaching business. I did it because I do a lot of coaching and mentoring already. And I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, the best I possibly could be and saw every possible angle that I could. And maybe I just got a little bit better at the coaching skill, right? So I have students who I have to coach and mentor every trimester from when they start to when they finish. I have a small portion of the the cohort that's going through every year that are my personal mentees and I need to mentor them, right? So I thought, all right, well, life coach could be a good certification to get just to kind of help, you know, with that, right? Mm -hmm. So I did that. And luckily for me, I found that I was already doing a lot of the things that they mentioned and I felt good about that. But I also wasn't doing some of the things. So I was able to pick up a couple tips along the way that I think will be very helpful for everybody I coach, whether it be in business coaching or in, in school or life in general, right? Whatever. So mentoring is something that, again, a lot of people feel like they don't have the right to do it or they don't know if they could become a mentor. Well, you know, it's like the Catch Me If You Can movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He was faking that he was a professor at BYU in sociology at one point. And they said, well, how did you know how to be a professor? And he's like, I just read one chapter ahead of the class. You know, so he was always just one chapter ahead, one chapter ahead. And that's really all you have to be. You know, if you know just a little bit more about starting a business, let's say you're a year in, you just started your business, you formed your LLC, you uh, have your malpractice insurance, you've got your employee ID number. There's people who don't have a business who don't know how to do those things and that they have to. So now guess what? You can provide value for them because you know how to do those steps. Even though you're only a year in, you know how to do the first steps to get the business up and running. And you hit a good point there. And you may be the better person than someone 10 years out because they've forgotten some of those things that people know. I had mentors my entire professional career, and I've spent a lot of money on mentors because that is what has gotten me to where I am now. But there are mentors that are wrong for you. And I actually signed on with a mentor that he was way far ahead of me in business. And I was just starting out. So I needed something different. So I think you hit a great point here that these PTs don't think and undervalue yourself. You really, really, really need to know that somebody will learn from you. Not everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. And that's it, right? If you come to me and you're like, hey, I have this business. It's just getting going. I want to grow it, you know, to like six figures. I'm like, okay, well, I could probably help you with that. I've been there, done that. If you want to be the seven-figure business, I'm not your guy. I'm not there yet. So I'm going to pass you off to somebody else who I know who's done it, who can get you there. You know, There's different mentors for different paths in your journey, different points in your journey. And I think it's important to know that. And like you said, yeah, we, people pay a lot of money for mentorship, right? And others are shocked. Why would you do that? Why would you pay somebody to coach you or mentor you? And it's like, well, there's three main reasons that people pay for mentorship, right? (laughs) One is they have no idea what they're doing. They are a blank canvas and they just have no idea where to even start. They have some ideas, but they're like, I don't know, show me Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, right? So they pay a mentor for that. The second is they see somebody who's already doing what they want to do and they just want them you know, to help them along and coach them along because they're doing what they want to do. It's almost like uh, flattery is the, uh, or what is it? Also just uh, duplicating. 
So yeah, that exactly. person is doing exactly. it so they can duplicate. Yeah. So it's like yeah. duplication is, is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So if right. they're they're coming to you and they're like, oh, I want to do what you're doing. It's like, oh, thank you very much. But I can show you the way I've been there. I've done that, right? right. The third reason then is really, you know, somebody else has a system that works and you want to just take their system and implement your stuff into their system. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, all three reasons work, you know, it's just a matter of finding the right mentor for you and finding the person that can help get you from where you are to where you want to be. It's that transformation. That is what you're paying for, right? It's accountability, it's transformation, and it's somebody who knows what they've done. They've proven that they've got the results before. And that's where the mentorship really, you know, the rubber meets the road. And I think also adding that mentorship is needed because we, if you're in a comfort zone, you're not growing. So it's too easy to stay in that comfort zone and not go anywhere else, clocking into that nine to five job, that seven to seven job, because frankly, going and doing a side hustle requires extra thought process and work on the weekends. And, you know, you want to have fun, but you have to look and weigh, okay, if I lessen my fun right now for the next three, four months and really put the hard work in you know, this mentor is going to make sure accountability, just like you said, that I am not going to stay in my comfort zone and what I want to achieve, I'm going to be able to achieve. And the key here, implementation. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, complacency is a big one for therapists, right? Because we have a very cush job. It's it's not that difficult, right? I mean, it can be, but like for the most part, pretty good job, pays pretty well. Again, we get kind of complacent. We just fall back on the fact that, you know, physical therapy is there, you know, like will always be needed. Like, you know, (laughs) any city you go to, there's going to be a demand for therapy. So, you know, I think that can create a bit of a problem when people kind of get into that rut of just, you know, this is easy. I can do this. You know, I'll just keep doing it. But again, I, I think a lot of it is like, okay, yeah, you could go that route. And if that, you know, covers all your necessities and you're making enough money to get by and that's all you want to do, then that's totally fine. There's a place for those people and that's great. I would challenge you to push things a little bit further. I love not being the smartest guy in the room, right? I'm never the smartest guy in the room. And if I am, I'm in the wrong room, right? Right. So I'm always trying to learn from people. I'm always trying to push. I, I, I left my ego at the door years ago. I mean, that just doesn't even exist anymore for me. I try to come into every opportunity as a learning situation and, and as a chance to learn, whether it's from somebody who's been out of the, you know, in the field for 20 years, or if it's a new grad just coming out, I recognize that I can learn from both. And I'm thankful for that, right? I'm very thankful that those opportunities exist. So I try to, you know, sit there and listen to what everybody has to say and bring new ideas to the table and listen from many different angles, right? But I think if we get complacent, we get stuck in that nine to five, it's like, okay, well, you know, what if you went out and tried something on the side, anything, literally, right? The other thing is physical therapy is a great fallback. It's a great safety net. So if you go out and try something and you fail miserably, you're still going to be able to get another therapy job. Don't Uh worry about it. Well, even if you do this stuff on the side and there's so many things that you can do when we're opening the door, even to wellness now, wellness is a big thing. And, and I challenge each and every one of the listeners out there to learn more on the wellness side. And I mean, we learn physical therapy in the musculoskeletal system, and we know a lot about physical therapy in the musculoskeletal system, but what happens with energy in the body? What happens with anxiety? What happens with your central nervous system and things like that are not functioning? Or what about your autonomic nervous system? Those systems, we really don't 
do a lot with in physical therapy. And if we don't look at those areas and listen to other providers that know more than us on those areas, are we missing a component of helping our client? Yeah. I mean, the last couple of years, uh, last five years, I've just been in tune with like sleep and hydration, right? Huge. And those those are like <laughs> two of the key pillars of like healthy living. And I, I've had, well, granted, I was working on a dissertation up till 2018. So sleep was not an option. But as soon as I graduated, I started creeping up from two, three, four hours of sleep a night to like five or six, six or seven, right? Now I'm getting seven or eight and things are good, you know? But I mean, you know, these are things that are very simple. And again, right, one of the things I do is consult with companies that are, you know, having workman's comp injuries. I do injury prevention or mitigation and wellness, right? So I go in, I kind of see where they're getting injured and, and I come up with a, you know, a presentation for their whole workforce on how to prevent those injuries, right? How to prevent overuse injuries, proper lifting, body mechanics, ergonomics, all that stuff. And I've now started incorporating sleep and, and hydration, how important those are, you know? And it's just simple education, right? So again, a lot of my side hustles and side gigs are all education-based because again, that's my umbrella. That's my comfort zone. That's where I, you know, feel like I can be of the most service to the most people. So if you can dream it, it's out there, man. You can do it. And really getting out of that comfort zone and making sure that you learn something different than what you already know and see how it relates to what you currently know to see if that will help you to be a better practitioner for people. Right. And if, I mean, if you have a mentor that's not pushing you and not getting you out of your comfort zone, probably not the right mentor. You know, you want somebody that's going to challenge you. You want the accountability. You want somebody to make sure that you're showing up and implementing the things that you talk about week after week or whatever it may be, however often you meet. But, you know, there's a bunch of different options for mentorship, right? Some of which are, are free, some of which are paid for. And either way, you got to find what works for you, but you also, it has to be a good fit with you and the mentor. And so you have to make sure that even though it seems a little bit cruel and unusual to be pushed out of your comfort zone and into like weird experiences and new things that you're just not sure about, there's probably a reason for it. And it's probably going to benefit you in the end, because even if you're paying for mentorship, it's still an investment in yourself, right? Which has got to be the greatest investment that I've ever made. I don't know about you, but mm -hmm. the investments I make in myself, whether it be, you know, continuing education or mentorship or, you know, masterminds or whatever it is, I end up leaving those and growing not only personally, but from a business standpoint as well. So, and you make so many long-term friends, just like we met at an event that you have and hold on to for life that actually holds you accountable as well. Right. And those are the people that you want to go to, you know, the same ones that are struggling along with you and had the same struggles and learn the, you know, some of the bumps along the way. Cause you know, your mentor can give you reasons to avoid certain pitfalls, right? They can say, hey, I've tried this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. I made the mistakes so that you don't have to, right? And that's great. Mm -hmm. But your journey is going to be different than your mentor. So you're going to face different barriers at times and different speed bumps, you know? They may not always have gone through the same thing you have. So, you know, your business may take a little bit different trajectory. So you may have to find somebody else who's been in your shoes or been through that same thing or has a similar business that, you know, you may be friendly with, and then you can kind of lean on them and ask questions to them as well. And that's why you need to start building that network as early as possible, because it really does, you know, your net worth is equal to your network, right? And that's the case. That's true. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think 
the most grateful I am is the people that I have met at different events that have pushed me along and that are still my friends. And I still can reach out to them, whether we've spoken, you know, daily or haven't spoken in a year, they're there for me. And they're all there to cheer you on and to help you because life is not easy and it's not always the same. So mentorship, I think it comes, like you said, in many different ways and where, you know, you just got to do it. And sometimes you need mentorship just for, I mean, life coaching, you took your certification in that and maybe you're having personal issues and it isn't a professional and maybe you're doing fine on that side hustle, but you have some mindset problems or other things. Life coaching is a great opportunity personally to be able to get you from where you're stuck to the next area too. Yeah, that's a huge point. I mean, mindset, right? Even the shift from clinician to business owner or whatever, right? That that mindset shift, uh, mentors can help with that. Life coaches can help with that. There's people that can help get you past that block and get you thinking like an entrepreneur and like a CEO or a business owner, right? But once you get there and once you start turning those gears and you operate at a different level, you think at a different level, things just, you see things differently. Uh, And it's hard to undo that, which is good and bad, right? It's hard Mm -hmm. to turn it off sometimes, but at the same time, you know, the things that you can think and create and innovate are going to be far greater and and make much bigger impact on the world than, you know, just clocking in and clocking out at nine to five. Again, nothing wrong with it. You see eight, 10 patients a day. That's great. You impacted those eight to 10 people. But if you can create a course that helps people with whatever it may be, whatever your specialty is, and a hundred people purchase that course, right? Over the course of the year, that's a hundred more people that you were able to help and affect while you were at your nine to five working with those 10 people a day, you know? So now the scale starts growing on the amount of people that you're able to help and impact. And that's really where my interest fell with business and just, you know, being able to make that bigger impact. Agree. We're on the same level there because I thought, okay, I'm doing a great job in my town, but I can only reach the amount of people that I can see in a day, week or year doing other things where I can really reach and help other people. Now I get to help many more people than I could have ever done in my career. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it doesn't take much to get started you know, but you got to implement. I think it's, um, you know, Alex uh, Engar and Will Boyd, they constantly say that, uh, you know, imperfect action beats perfect inaction 100% of the time, right? And they're right. And you can't be perfect. No. Can't be perfect. Uh, And then thank goodness. I don't, I never had that issue. I I never, (laughs) I never had to worry about perfection. That was not my thing. I just, I do it. I put it out there. I give it a try and I just fix what's broke. You know, I I know, I I assume stuff's going to be broke. If it's me, I'm going to break something. So, you know, I just put it out there and fix it as I go, wing it and, and try to, you know, fine tune and tweak it. But again, it's, you know, learning from our mistakes and not repeating them so that it doesn't cost a lot over the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any other nuggets that you think you need to give us on these two topics that'll help people? Yeah. I mean, again, I think that realistically our career shouldn't necessarily define us, right? It should only really be the tip of our iceberg, whatever it may be, right? PT, PTA, OT, OTA, speech, doc, nurse, whatever. That's only the tip of our iceberg. The skills and experiences that we learn along the way and that we personally have within us, that to me is how we're going to move the needle forward. And what's going to be the most enriching for people is that's how we make those human to human connections and really help people because we know, we understand, we've been there, 
right? Even at, let's say you're writing a book, right? And let's say that your book is a very similar book to somebody else's and it's about the same topic. And people think, oh, well, I can't do that book because somebody already wrote it. Your story is going to be a whole lot different than theirs. So comparison is is like, you know, not going to help you very much, right? You can't really compare yourself to where other people are on their journey, other businesses are, other books, whatever. It just doesn't work. The only comparison that you can make is you from a couple days ago. Exactly. Are, are you Am better, I better than from you yesterday? were? Exactly. It's, you know, I tell people that like, just stay in your lane, focus on you and your thing mm-hmm. and what you need to do to move that needle forward just one or 2% each day. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then by the end of the year, you know, you've gotten three, four, five hundred percent better than you were when you started. Right. So, you know, I think the main takeaway for me is, is like, don't be afraid to be different. You know, be afraid to be the same. No, don't don't be normal. Think outside the box. Do crazy things. Think of stuff that because it may not work and that's fine, but it may work. And if it does, now you're cruising. Now you've got your, you know, your North Star to follow. Yep, you're exactly right. And and that was me when you met me with Chad Madden, me thinking, hey, I'm not as good as a PT. And, you know, you have to change that mindset because, you know, I didn't like myself on video. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. And what it was, you don't like yourself because you feel like everybody else is better than you. And you have to learn yeah. to like yourself enough. And, and when you do that, then it blossoms. So great, great stuff. A lot of nuggets here. I think, is there any other takeaways these guys need to that you think you can give them today? Just go out and implement, just try stuff. You know, your business may change four or five times along the way. It may find different iterations along the way. Totally fine. But at the end of the day, you got to try. You got to just do like Nike says, right? Just do it. Just do it. Just do just it. Get out there and do it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. And yeah, thank- absolutely. This was fun. Yeah, it was. And thanks for helping me get the word out to rehab professionals on what they can do and thinking out of the box and mentorship. So we got some awesome, awesome, awesome nuggets today, everybody. So tell my listeners, if you will, where they can find you again and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So the website's pteducator.com at pteducator all over the socials. So you can pretty much find me there. And like I said, I've got a personal, you know, Facebook page and social media stuff, but it's usually just pet and kid pictures. So uh, that stuff gets kind of boring after a while. So if you want to chat, like I said, at PT educator on all the socials, I'd be glad to talk shop. I love talking about business and entrepreneurship. So reach out to me. Love to hear from you. And thank you for all you do and how many people you help. Anytime. (laughs) All righty. All righty. Thanks everybody for joining us. for joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 